You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, which is for Android devices. Stitcher's for either one, Apple or uh, Android or Blackberry or whatever, and even Windows, I'm sure. Uh, and of course, iTunes is Apple. So thank you so much for listening. Let's talk some hockey. Doing Brave the Wild a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit sooner compared to what I've been doing for a while now, it seemed like I've been waiting almost a month to get to the next show, if you know what I mean. The increments were a bit far apart from each other. This time, only four games in between, so it's about time I kind of kept up with this a little better. And again, I do apologize for how things had been. Okay, well, <laughs> I predicted the Wild would beat Dallas, and I can't remember. actually, I did pick the Wild to win all of them, didn't I? And yeah, that didn't quite work out that way, did it? But hey, they came back and beat Detroit. I might have had the Wild lose that game. I was kind of debating back and forth what was going to happen. Kind of an interesting trend back and forth with how things are going with the the Wild and the goaltenders and such. Kind of a back and forth with their success rates. But uh, hey, uh, I guess it's good news. We're wrapping up the first segment with good news against Detroit. That's nice. But Dallas Stars, um, I guess we just can't beat them. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's against the rules this year. Yeah, I mean, things look so good Monday, December the 21st. I hope all of you did have a Merry Christmas, and I'm recording this on New Year's Eve. So I seem to record this show on holidays or right before holidays or whatever. It's kind of funny. It always seems to pop up on on, on those type of days. I don't know. <laughs> hope you're enjoying and Hope this is a nice New Year's Eve uh, uh, edition of Brave the Wild for you, and hopefully it'll break the curse. Ho- uh, maybe you're listening to this after the Wild plays St. Louis tonight. I hope they finally can break the curse. But if not, well, we'll we'll talk about it in segment number two. We'll give my prediction there. Um, Nice to see Charlie Coyle and Nino Niederreiter. Remember I was talking about how, man, you know, they're just not coming around with the scoring. You know, they've been struggling. I had Nino Niederreiter as the uh, James Shepard Memorial. Charlie Coyle, it's like, yeah, he's really good and I really like him. He's the top prospect in the system, but he's just not scoring goals. It's like, my goodness, what what a frustration it is. Oh, and by the way, too. We were celebrating the new five-year contract for one Jared Spurgeon. 
Yes, a new five-year deal worth about $5 million a year. So he's definitely not cheap, kind of a close to Pominville level. But he's, he's worth it. And some people believe he may even wind up, wind up being the number one defenseman on this team. Could you have said that about three years ago? Probably not. An undrafted free agent when he wound up with the Wild a few years back. And he has really, really, really uh, blossomed into a really nice player. And, of course, remember how uh, Ryan Suter a little while ago just went on a crazy rant about how pissed off he was when, uh, well, it, it wasn't that crazy, but you get the idea. He was pretty upset when Mike Yo was switching up the defensive pairings and such. He just, he has to be with Jared Spurgeon. And, well, Spurgeon's a heck of a player. He started off the game with an unassisted goal to celebrate his new contract. Five years, how fitting is it to score his fifth goal? So, <laughs> of the season, it was unassisted on a nice defensive play and he's able to put the puck in the net. Gotta love that. A takeaway and just a quick shot. Uh, excuse me, one nothing Minnesota. And then Charlie Coyle, the guy, again, who had been struggling scoring, but still just good hockey plays, good attempts at scoring and such, kind of like Grandland, making nice moves and such, just not quite finishing, getting robbed by goalies. But now, here we go, the third line. It's always a certain line that carries the Wild, and the third line for the Wild really stepped up during the course of this entire first <laughs> all four of these games here the first segment of this show when I do these reviews just a fantastic job by all three of them uh, Charlie Coyle <clears throat> Justin Fontaine and Nino Niederreiter pairing up making a 2 nothing wild making me so excited the wild looks so good starting things off here and then Dallas goes on a little flurry there in the third period, especially when they ultimately took the lead. Only about a minute apart from the tying goal and the power play from Vernon Fiddler. Oh, man. Ben, not Jamie Ben, but Jordan, <laughs> Jordy Ben scoring his first goal of the season. Oh, boy. And then Sigin, Sigin, Sagan. I, I keep saying it wrong, but it's Sagan. And then Nito Niederreiter later on <clears throat> puts the Wild back in it after Antoine Russell early in the third put the Stars up four to two. Very devastating for all of us. Dallas just so aggressive. They they just they they capitalize on any mistake you might make and they score on it. They're they're starting to turn into the Blackhawks a little bit. Dare I say, uh, Nino Niederreiter netting his seventh goal of the season. Charlie Coyle and Dumba assisting on that one. So really nice to see Niederreiter picking up the scoring. That's cool. Uh, two points for Niederreiter. Two points in this game for Charlie Coyle. Very cool to see those guys getting much-needed points. And even Dumba, who'd, who'd been quiet, but again, also picks it up during the course of this week and a half or so. Week and change, we'll call it. Really nice effort from those guys over the course of time. But overall, the, uh, the Stars, yeah, the Wilds struggle big time. The Stars end up winning the game 6-3. to three. A couple of empty netters as the Wild tried as they might. Just could not score an anti-Niami. So frustrating. So disappointing. The Wild cannot finish this game. And Devin Dumnik struggling against the Dallas Stars again. I'm not sure where to go with that one. Uh, there were rumors about uh, Darcy Kemper starting the game. It ended up being Dubnik, so okay, now we'll go with Kemper against Montreal. So hopefully things will work out. Kemper's been on a hot streak, and he kept it coming. He kept the, uh, the hot streak going Tuesday, December the 22nd at back-to-back. So yeah, put Kemper in. He's, he's, a, he's becoming a, a more reliable backup, and in some at some points, when he's on fire, he's, he's better than Dubnik at times. Not overall, but at times. He winds up being the star of the whole game for the Wild. Outstanding. Only giving up one goal, facing quite a few shots in the game. Ultimately, well, a decent number. It felt like more. Uh, Montreal had more shots on goal than the Wild. He faced 25 shots, gave up one goal. Mike Condon gave up two goals. Uh, Jason Pominville with his fifth goal of the season. There's another guy with much needed, a much needed fifth goal of the season. As he keeps continuing to pop, uh, kind of pop his numbers up a bit. And Kyle Granlund with a 
Again, a much-needed point for him as well, even though he'd been on a point streak for a long period of time that was broken during the course of last show. And then Charlie Coyle, mm-mm-mm. This son of a gun, what a move. What an awesome play by Charlie Coyle, man. Oh, man, this guy is a son of a gun. He's just showing off that skill, the talent that he truly does have. And I remember the highlight goal he had against the Edmonton Oilers, which was a game-winning goal for the Wild last season in a 2-1 to clamp-it-down effort. This is when the Wild are at their best. When they're playing, they're playing clamp-down hockey, the goalies are good, they're not giving up a whole lot of shots, and they're not being overly aggressive. They're staying pat, but scoring timely goals. And again, Charlie Coyle being the big guy out there to score his eighth goal of the year, back-to-back nights, Nino Niederreiter, another assist for him. Really love the way those two guys have been picking up of late. That is extremely encouraging as, again, those guys were stuck at like 12, 14 points for like the longest point, uh, for, for like the longest period of time. Now they're continuing to rise things up and Kemper, really solid, really strong. Awesome to see all three of those guys be big time in this game. Very encouraging for the future of this franchise. Not necessarily saying Darcy Kemper should be the number one goalie, but the fact that he's more than a reliable backup. Uh, so hopefully we can keep him at least another year or so before before you know teams start chasing him down, uh, or we can sign him to a reasonable contract extension that's that he's happy with. We'll see what happens, just like we did with Josh Harding, uh, not not that long ago. Though I guess it might as well be a long time ago, huh? When you think about it, it seems like longer ago than it was. Fun, clamp-down type of hockey, and just a highlight goal by your buddy out there, Charlie Coyle. Really, really happy with that one. And then we get all the time off for the Christmas break. Of course, no moves made and all kinds of rumors with the Wild possibly trading. Uh, Yeah, Jonas Brodeen, that's a possibility coming up. We'll talk about uh, that a bit very shortly when we we wrap up this segment or even hop into the next one. Hoping to get this thing to load properly. I do apologize. As the Wild uh, have a pair of 3-1 games, one of them a win, one of them a loss. When you play Pittsburgh and you play Detroit, you might think it might go the Wild beat Pittsburgh and lose to Detroit. Well, history's kind of been changing a bit. Even though Pittsburgh's not been playing well, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? The Wild never beat Pittsburgh now. And I don't understand it. It's pissing me off. And remember when I was talking about how Sidney Crosby has, has been struggling during the course of the season? He's faced some injuries, but overall he's been struggling. And this team has chemistry issues and all that. Ah, uh, you got that asshole Phil Kessel on the team. The only guy who's really been scoring goals is uh, Malkin. But guess what? Sure, if anybody's going to score, who is it? You son of a bitch! Sidney Crosby, seventh goal of the year. What a surprise! And that was early in the second period after a one after a shutout first period. Both teams clamping it down a bit. Every goal was scored in the second period, and it was kind of like a back and forth layer late in the second period. Early, yeah, but like I said, about five minutes into the second, Sidney Crosby, and finally getting his seventh goal of the year. That just tells you how much they're struggling. And then you heard the name Matt Cullen getting his seventh assist not long after that, um, well, a bit later, late in the second period. And then only 50 seconds later, Jason Zucker, just an awesome goal again, gets a takeaway and gets his ninth goal of the year, assisted by Thomas Vanek on one of the great passes you'll see. Just a spectacular placing of that pass, and Zucker finishing on it. What a nice play by both Vanek and Zucker. Love the chemistry between those two guys. Scandella ultimately kind of getting the play started, and Vanek <laughs> with a nice dish over the uh, centering pass over to Zucker, who was able to rifle that thing in there. And, well, all the excitement, all the positivity that the Wild were back in the game, all went up in smoke. Patrick Holmquist on the power play. Wild just can't stay out of the penalty box. Sixth goal of the year for Hornquist. Hmm. Oh, goody. 
just about 30 seconds later, not even that, 29 seconds later, 31 seconds, whatever it was, close enough. Sixth goal of the season, 3-1 to one Pittsburgh, and the Wild tries they might, just could not solve Matt Murray. I mean, Matt Murray, yeah, I, I, I guess he's better than the other guy, Fleury, over there. Couldn't solve Matt Murray for some reason. They tried as they might, but he's having a strong start to his to his season over there in Pittsburgh. He's got two wins, one overtime loss, goals against average of one point seven two. He's been real strong, so he might be the uh, he might be the Andrew Hammond for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Maybe he can kind of help turn their season around. As those are his first couple of games of his career that I just talked about. Only his third. This was only his third game of his career or so. He's really, really helping the Pittsburgh Penguins right now turn things around. We'll see if he can keep it coming. Very frustrating indeed. The Wild gets swept in the season series by the Pittsburgh Penguins. 4-3 loss back on November the 17th and a 3-1 loss in Excel Energy Center. Not fun at all for any of us. Mm, disgusting. But then things turn around again. The fortunes just continue to turn. It's like, just sit back, relax, things will things will change, or so you'd like to believe, as it's no longer the cursed month of December. Now we just got to have the, now we just got to end the curse of the last day of December. Seems like we never win that one. We'll talk about that next segment. Wrap things up here in the first segment, at least in the review uh, category. A three-to-one win for the Wild. Devin Dubnik back in net after injuring his hand in a, in a practice not, not too long before. <laughs> On a slap shot, hitting his hand. It was very sore, and then uh, Kemper, is, Kemper is hurt in practice. Next thing you know, there's with a lower body injury. you got to love the information uh, there, but we all know why they do that in the NHL. It's a very brutal league. Kemp, uh, excuse me, Dubnik returns. Yeah, it's confusing and driving me nuts, and he was just freaking awesome. He was awesome against Detroit. Awesome, just like Kemper was against the Montreal Canadiens. Total shutdown. Got to love what you saw this entire game. Dubnik ends up being the star of the game. Facing 29 shots, only giving up one. I guess the Detroit team that's talented, but some of the names not as familiar as they were before, or the familiar names not playing, not doing as well, or suffering through injury, all that kind of stuff going on with Detroit. Yet they're still a playoff type of team. Kind of a back and forth with Florida over there in the Atlantic Division in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Not bad. Uh, they're they're hanging in there. They're hanging in there. They'll probably be back in the playoffs. I've always kind of been afraid of that Peter Mrazek. He's actually a pretty good goalie, but he's actually a really good goalie, to be quite honest. But Charlie Coyle, <laughs> my God, what a move. Oh, oh, pass from Nito Niederreiter. He puts on a move. The defenseman doesn't know where to go, doesn't know what to do. And Mrazek, there's just nothing he can do either. He's pretty much faked out of his pads. One of the highlight goals of the entire season. Guys like, uh, well, it's been pretty much Coyle, Zucker, and... Uh, Vanek, who've put on just unbelievable highlight goals for the Minnesota Wild, especially Vanek and uh, Charlie Coyle. This guy continuing to show what he can do. Need a writer, his ninth assist. Coyle, his ninth goal. Again, those guys stepping up for this for this team. So exciting. So exciting to see them climbing up a bit, getting some more points, about fifth on the team in scoring now with Charlie Coyle compared to what was what was he before, about eighth. So nice to see him leapfrogging a couple leapfrogging a couple guys and Nino Niederreiter getting back into respectability again. Very exciting indeed. And Miko Koivu adds two goals, one on the power play and one on the empty net, his ninth and tenth of the year. What more can you say? Miko Koivu has been absolutely fantastic. Parisi assisting on both of those. Dumba getting an assist on one of them. And Baval Dotsek only his fourth goal of the season. Finally scoring for Detroit. <laughs> With less than two minutes remaining in the game, the, the Detroit Red Wings were at least in the game the entire way because of that. 
making things a little scary. It's like, yeah, Pavel Datsek, a very familiar name. We all know who he is, but only his fourth goal of the season. Definite struggle for him. But yeah, and, and how long it took for Detroit to break the shutout. That's how good Devin Dubnik has been playing all season. Datsik is just, you know, a feeling his age a bit, and also, yeah, he's been around forever, and also the fact that, well, he's he's missed a decent amount of games this year as well. Not the same guy at this point. He used to be a 70, 80, 90-point guy for the Detroit Red Wings. Not right now. Only 14 points in the season. So we'll see what happens if, he can, if he's able to pick it up as the uh, year progresses. But hopefully not when he plays the Wild, I guess. That's pretty much the thing right there. Awesome effort from the Wild in this one. Just a fun, fun highlight. Positive feeling you get from this one. Highlight play from Coyle. A lot of us so excited because I personally, and I've maintained this, you can listen back to older shows, I have maintained that Charlie Coyle is the top prospect currently on the Wild roster. Uh, in the whole system, I don't know yet because it kind of bounces all over the place. you got Mario Lucia, who you don't see all that much because he's in college right now. Uh, same with uh, Justin Tuck and others out there that the Wild took out of Boston. So we'll see how they continue to develop. And it's really hard to gauge college careers to the NHL. You just don't know. It took a while for uh, Mike Riley to start performing. But, well, we'll talk about him in the next segment as well. He's starting to pick it up, and it's really cool to see. Very exciting to see, actually, to be quite honest. Got the, I'm a little distracted because you got the stadium series out in the background. New Year's uh, Eve, Boston Bruins, Montreal Canadiens, original six playing outside. That's pretty cool to look at. Cam Neely waving to the crowd. That's nice. Classic Cam Neely. I remember him scoring uh, some goals against the uh, North Stars. Pardon me. Yeah, the Wild. <laughs> the North Stars back in the early 90s when I became a hard, hardcore fan. I was already a fan, but became more hardcore by the early 90s, and I started watching as much as I absolutely possibly could. So we'll wrap up the uh, segment with the awards here. I'm going to give the Mike Madonna Award to Charlie Coyle. What a fantastic, positive run it's been. Honorable mentions to Devin Dubnik, at least, well, because of the Detroit game, and of course Darcy Kemper being as strong as he's been, and Miko Cuevo. There's a lot of honorable mentions, but ultimately I'm going to give it to Charlie Coyle. What a positive, positive influence he's been on the Wild during the during the course of those four games. Even had some good moves against Pittsburgh, but couldn't finish on him. It just wasn't his night, but Detroit, Montreal, and, you know, just absolutely fantastic. And, and got things started against Dallas early on, which unfortunately that game did not go anything, anything like we were hoping, <laughs> ultimately. Uh, we're going to give the James Shepard Memorial to... It's going to be Jonas Brodeen, again, and uh, not productive, certainly not productive offensively. Defensively, he's okay, but he tends to be out there at the wrong place, wrong time as well. There's no major, like, oh my God, this guy was absolutely awful. And that's been the case most of the time, but some people, it's like Nino Niederreiter last time around. I, I, I give it to him, and look at his production ever since. So maybe watch Jonas Brodeen double his point total this season, though that won't take a whole lot. Maybe just two games to do that, but... <laughs> that's the whole point. He's, he's just been invisible. You don't really see him that much. And when you're not now, we're already hearing him in possible trade talks. Um, I'll, I'll mention it right now. The uh, before I hop into segment number two, might as well say it now. There's possibilities of Jonas Brodeen going to and and a piece or so going to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Ryan Johansson. We'll see how things go. Uh, things not going well over there. He's got one year remaining on his contract, including being like next season about 25 points on the year. 
Very talented young center for Columbus, but some character issues with the coaching. And of course, well, I think the coach has some character issues as well. But that's that's just that's just my opinion. I doubt any of you agree with that one. John Tortella. John Torts over there in Columbus. I don't know. I, I I don't know about that guy. I would not want him coaching the wild. I don't think really anybody wants him coaching anywhere, but I guess Columbus, as desperate as they may be for some notoriety out there. Well, I guess you might as well bring John Tortella there. He won't tear up that organization too much, I would hope. Maybe he'll bring them a little bit of, uh, he'll, he'll put them on the map, give them a little hype, I suppose. But we'll take, we'll take Ryan Johansson here. It would be a shame to see Brodine go. Um, certainly not the image that Columbus was hoping for, though, I, I'm guessing to really reshape that team. But, well, maybe he will. With our luck, maybe he will. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. It, it's just rumors out there that have been spreading on Twitter and and Star and and Facebook and such. Uh, I believe Michael Russo's even touched on it. The possibility of Jonas Brodine getting traded are pretty high. So I, I don't know. It, it's a shame. I really like him. I remember just a couple of years ago, his rookie season when he was paired with uh, Ryan Stewart. What a fantastic stud he was. He, he was appearing to be. Just right out of the gate. Then his second year he struggled. Third year last year was really, 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 really strong again. And this year he's back to the, the crappiness again. So, I don't know. You figure it out. I, I can't do it. <laughs> you figure it out, man. So, hopefully he is uh, able to turn things around if indeed he's not traded. If the Wild do say, we have faith in this young man and we're going to stick with him and go forward with him. Hopefully he can turn things around and be the stud that a lot of us do believe he can be. But it's also the possibility of needing to make some room for Olofsson and such developing uh, defensemen. And, of course, Mike Riley. So we'll talk about that in segment number two. I'm getting ahead of myself. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment. I'll probably be previewing four games just to, for the sake of, just in case uh, I'm, a, I'm unable to record this weekend again, or possibly uh, Monday or so, Monday, Wednesday, something like that. Maybe it'll be Wild Wednesday, something like that. Okay, I don't want to say that. Ah, that's the wrong word right there. And if they're listening, hello, and yes, you do a good job. <laughs> Just please give me a shout-out, damn it. Okay, the Wild host the St. Louis Blues again on New Year's Eve. The last time the Wild hosted the St. Louis Blues was one of the most heartless, frustrating games of all time. Yeah, just just one of them. It was a couple years ago. Last year we lost to Columbus right after Mr. Uh, Devin Dubnik had arrived. Things just not quite clicking yet. It took a couple games after we beat the Buffalo and such. Buffalo and, and uh, Arizona, and then... Um, and then here came the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it was like, meh. And then, of course, we got hammered by Detroit. And then, all of a sudden, things changed dramatically. Well, this time, things are different. It's not uh, it's not the uh, December swoon anymore. So that's good. Let's not have a January one, then. Let's end this year on a positive note first before we get there. Oh, boy. Bad Vlad, Vlad Bad, whatever his name is. Oh, my goodness. Mm, Vladimir Tarasenko, 22 goals on the year, 39 points. Overall, of course, 17 assists to go in there. Alexander Steen also with 34 points, second on the team in scoring with the St. Louis Blues. The rest of them quite a bit behind. Uh, Shattenkirk, though, with 23 as a defenseman, not bad at all. Very dangerous team. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has had some pretty good success against the Wild. Um, The couple games that the Blues won against the Wild in the postseason 
Tarasenko certainly showed up in those, but as long as the Wild can shut him down, <laughs> can fit, uh, physical him and get to him and not allow him to get some shots off, like shut him down, tie him up a bit out there, the Wild will likely win the game against this team. This is already the third meeting between these two teams, if you can believe that. Starting out the season very early, October 10th, the Wild went 3-2 to in a close one. And then an overtime loss as the Wild are just, it's just illegal for the Wild to win in overtime. I don't know why. It's uh, If the Wild could actually win some overtime games, maybe, uh, just maybe, the Wild standing would be a little better. It, it would. In fact, they'd probably make up a, quite a bit of points. Uh, ultimately, if they could get rid of at least half of them, Wild lose 3-2. to against St. Louis on Halloween, so it's another 31st. Hopefully that doesn't mean another loss for the Wild. Oh, I'm so scared. Yes, I am. And then we don't play until February 6th and March 6th. Hmm, 31, 31, and 6-6. I I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's almost like trying to line up the 6-6-6 and Halloween and all that, but eh, not quite. It, It didn't quite make it. Yeah, the Wild need to win tonight in a huge way. Clamp down defense. I mean, that's when the Wild win these games. Is when they shut, when they play clamp down and win three to one, two to one type games. If it's a high scoring game, the Wild are going to lose uh, ultimately. If they give up, I mean, and yeah, it's not like you just look at the score and say, oh, well, if you give up three to St. Louis, you're going to lose the game. But you know what? That's just kind of been a trend for the Wild all season. They have to win in a low scoring fashion. Yeah, you're going to win some four to threes, and the Wild got away with that early when Dubnik wasn't playing as well. But it doesn't seem like the Wild have been getting away with that for the past month or two. You gotta start. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta clamp down like like we had been. That's why you lost to Pittsburgh three to one. That's why you lost to Dallas six to three. I can't even. Still can't even stomach that. It was really four to two until the empty net type of dealy. Um, St. Louis is a good team, but the Wild know how to play them now. Lots of lots of familiar faces. Just the same faces. I mean, Paul Stanzi's not been good since he went to St. Louis, which is kind of funny, as that was looked on as such a huge signing for them out of Colorado and such a huge loss for the Avalanche. Hasn't really done much. Seems like he's always hurt, and when he's playing, he's not the same guy that he was with Colorado. And Bacchus has 22 points, which is far lower than the Tarasenko's and Steen's of the St. Louis Blues. Again, very familiar faces. We're going to have to see what happens in this one. Oh boy, who's going to be the Wild goaltender? Most likely Allen. I guess he's the starter now. And the Wild have had decent success against him, but they've had even better success against Elliott. Though in the past, the Wild never beat Elliott. So, I don't know. I guess the Wild are just in the uh, St. Louis Blues head, or (laughs) Elliott's head anyway. Brian Elliott. Again, a guy who a million times in the past, I used to always, always hope the Wild would sign him because I didn't have any faith in Kemper, and I was flat done with Nicholas Backstrom at that stage. It's just, he's just no good anymore. He's too old, damn it. <laughs> so, yet he's still on the roster. Go figure. Oh, God, same BS. Wild head to Florida. This doesn't usually bode well for the Wild, historically. I don't feel a whole lot of confidence. Oh, I got to give a prediction for tonight's game, though, first, even though it's yeah, even though it's probably going to be, <laughs> most of you'll probably hear it afterward, even though the show is definitely released before the game, well before, uh, several hours before, but not everybody gets around to it. Uh, I'm going to pick the Wild to win tonight. Yes, we're going to break that. We might as well. If we can break the December streak, you might as well break the December 31st streak. Well, they're going to win the game 3-1. to one. There you go, against Allen. Yep, against Jake Allen. Um, the... Uh, St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I, I'm going to go three to two. I, I don't know. I mean, Tarasenko's on such a tear scoring. They're going to get at least two goals, and I'm pretty pretty certain Tarasenko's going to get one of them. Unfortunately, he he's just he's he's that good. He's just a phenomenal player. And if he scores real early, mm, watch the hell out. Just seriously, watch out. Oh man, expect Dumnik in that though, most likely, especially with Kemper being hurt. You're not going to see Backstrom in there. That's for sure. So. 
<laughs> Kemper's kind of like a like a who knows type of deal right now. Wild head to Tampa Bay all the way in Saturday. Long, long ways off. And then Sunday, a back-to-back, January the 3rd. Well, it's not that far off anymore. Is it? It's Thursday already. Uh, but Sunday, they uh, head to Miami to play the Florida Panthers, who are doing very well. Uh, Tampa Bay, the Eastern Conference champions, defending Eastern Conference champions. Not doing a real good job defending it, though. Um, I, I, not, not that great. They wouldn't be in the playoffs today if things started. They're only 18-16-4. and four. No, uh, Olin's out, but that's a name we don't miss too much. He's out with a knee injury. That's about what <laughs> that guy used to play with the uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And, yeah, he, I remember when he broke uh, Miko Koiva's leg. Really, really nice one. Thank you so much for that. Mm. Uh, they're just not having a good year. Uh, Stamkos, man, what a stud he was for the longest time, and he's not even old at all. But his performance last year in the Stanley Cup Finals was quite, quite disappointing. He's picked it up, though, this year, which is nice to see. 16 goals so far. Nice to see uh, in that sense, anyway. More goals than assists, so that's kind of interesting, obviously, as a center. He's just more of a natural goal scorer. 28 points on the season, but he's a minus 11. That looms very, very large, and it's as bad as his rookie here. Um, not good for him. After that, he'd never been a minus double digit, so hopefully for his sake, he can turn that around during the course of time for him, Mr. Steven Stamkos. Man, what, what a stud he, he is capable of being as long as he can stay healthy. He's had yeah, in and out again injury issues with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, but not this year. Just in general, this is not a team that is playing well. And I think the Wild can win this game. If, if you're going to split, and I, that's what I'm kind of leaning towards, I think the Wild will split in Florida, and I think we'll win the Tampa Bay Lightning game. We've had good success against them. I think it'll be a fairly low-scoring game, though. Uh, Bishop is a very, very good goalie. He's had his success, and he's having an awesome season as well. He's, he's pretty much the glue holding that team together right now. Really, uh, goals against average 2.06 on the season. Save percentage nine point nine two five. Wow! So just a fantastic run for him. Um, the Tampa Bay lost a couple of games pretty rough lately. Oh boy! And he did not play well against the against the New York Rangers just recently. Five to two loss, not cool at all. And they lost to Montreal four to three before that. And but then they beat Columbus five to two. So kind of back and forth effort there in Tampa Bay. I think the Wild will win and give the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning their third straight loss on Monday night. I'm going to go with, it's not going to be the highest score game ever because Bishop's generally good, but he's been struggling. I'm going to go with a three to, I'm going to go with a four, four to two victory for the Wild. The, the Wild are going to score. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Parisi, by the way, will be out for tonight. Of course, that's kind of old, you know, that's something that you need to know about if you're listening to the game. <laughs> if if you're listening to this before the game, but yeah, no Parisi, ultimately. Hopefully he'll be back for Tampa. I would hope so. Not sure exactly where to go with it, but it seems like more of a day-to-day type of situation for Zach. Ultimately, though, the Wild, I do think, like, who's going to score in this one? Well, Nita Ryder, Coyle, Koivu, yeah, I guess so, guys like that. Uh, don't be surprised to see Pominville put in a goal in one of these games. Vanek, Overall, has been fantastic. It's quieted a little bit, though. Suter has definitely quieted. I think he's going to pop up again against one of the Florida teams. I would not be surprised to see Suter either uh, just either have a multi-assist or a goal type of game against Tampa or Florida. It doesn't matter who at this point. I'm going to pick the Wild to win 4-2 to two against Tampa Bay. So now we head to the main Florida team, I guess. Well, not really. The, the Miami Florida team, I suppose. The Panthers. And they are the main team because they've been playing significantly better 
this year compared to last. Again, another up-and-down team. I mean, not that long ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then they're out of the playoffs last year. And who knows, maybe they'll be back in the Eastern Conference Finals again. They're 21-12-4 and on the season. Outstanding run for the Florida Panthers. What a nice team they've become. Oh, Willie, I missed you so much. And uh, <laughs> Roberto Luongo, oh, Mr. Familiar over there in Florida. Not quite the uh, up-and-down player. He was with the Vancouver Canucks for like the last 99 years overall. Not a whole lot of familiar names for the Florida Panthers, but it spells good defense. And of course, there's one extremely familiar name, and that's Yaromir Yager, who's about as old as it gets, yet he's the leading scorer in this team. I mean, he is just an ageless wonder. Remember for how long we thought Yaromir Yager was this, I don't give a crap, I don't even enjoy this sport, and I, and he's always hurt, and then and then he's back, but he doesn't seem to care, not much effort. Yeah, How long did you see him that way? And now, what a polar opposite he has become since his comeback to the NHL. Remember when we just kind of chuckled when he signed with the Philadelphia Flyers a couple of years back? Me and Neil were kind of like, well, he's back. I mean, I guess he's back. He'd been gone forever. He's back to the NHL again. I guess he enjoys it now. He's just... I, I, okay, I, I don't know what to say. Um, he... Three whole years later, he comes back, and you know, after he left the uh, New York Rangers, just a solid overall stud player ever since. Just so good, man. I liked him when he was at the Boston Bruins. He was such a factor. He almost won another Stanley Cup, and he was so good for that team. And he's been pretty good for the uh, Florida Panthers ever since. Oh, last year, well, of course, New Jersey Devils before that, and then was traded to Florida. And he's been a factor, and he made it back into the playoffs again. He's leading the team in scoring 26 points. Not the highest <laughs> scoring team in the history of the world. When the, when's the last time Florida's been a high-scoring team? I, I can't even remember. They've always been pretty much a defensive, grinded-out type of team. Uh, you got you got Campbell. You got Willie Mitchell. That's a, that's the second defensive pairing. They're just uh, they're solid stud defensemen for Florida. And again, Mr. Uh, Mr. Luongo's been good for a while. Uh, Aaron Ekblad has been really good for them. 18 points on the season. He's one of the top defense, and he's there. One of, he's got nine goals on the year. That's pretty high for a defenseman. And then you have uh, Kuligov, who's not quite as much. He's more of the defensive guy of the two on that top pairing. But then you got Mitchell and Campbell. Campbell, the higher scoring guy, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. Uh, I don't think the Wild are going to win this one. Seems like we never have success against this team for whatever reason. Florida wins 3-1 to one over the Wild. I think they'll be tired. I think they'll be enjoying that Tampa Bay victory. But they'll be tired and they won't play as well. I don't think they'll win this one. Even though they've had success against Roberto Luongo in the past with Vancouver. Not so much with the uh, Florida Panthers, though. Another strong, strong season for him. 2.16 on the year outstanding run for Roberto Luongo and the Florida Panthers. They'll continue to to uh, compete for that division championship over there. 3 to 1 victory Florida, unfortunately. So let's wrap things up with our with our future center and possibly <laughs> and possibly Jonas Brodin's new home and we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, one of the worst teams in hockey. The Wild have had strange up and down success rate against this team. Johansson Right now, not even like showing in this, not even showing up in the depth chart. I don't know why, but uh, obviously he's been, he's fallen out of favor and they're sitting him down. That's basically what it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's what's been going on. Uh, not, not much of a team ultimately, except for Brandon Saad. 
pretty much. I mean, he's pretty much the most familiar name on this franchise. 27 points on the year, by the way, and he's been turned loose. He's on the top line now, not on the second or third for Chicago as he was in the past. Not not the evil Otto that he was in the past. Even though I'm sure he's got a little bit of that in him, but in the old days when he was with Chicago and he was like a third liner and an up-and-comer, he was able to be evil Otto and have that smirk on his face and agitate people like he did to Clayton Stoner and others over the course of time. Always seemed to get under, for whatever, whatever reason, uh, Always gets under the skin of uh, Nate Prosser as well. Just always seems to get it done. <laughs> Nate Prosser, very thin-skinned when he played against Brandon Saad. It was like time and time again. It was pretty fun to watch, ultimately. Though at the same time, Saad, just Mr. Evil Otto over there for Columbus. Though, taking on a more important role on the top line there. Not really having to carve out his niche in the NHL to be an agitator on the third line first before you can move up into that top two lines with Chicago and then beyond now to Columbus, much to his chagrin, I'm sure. I'm sure he had a lot more fun winning Stanley Cups in Chicago than he does like having like a eight games above uh, under 500 over there in Columbus. Uh, the Blue Jackets have struggled mightily during the course of the season. They've not gotten good goaltending. The backup goalie is averaging about three and a half goals against just a non-factor. And Sergei Brovrovsky giving up 2.52 goals against average per the, uh, during the course of the season. Saber percentage 91, which isn't the worst ever, but that goals against average, that, that's not going to get it done. And that's when Devin Dubnik was struggling. But the Wild, luckily, were getting a lot of offensive production from Miko Koivu, uh, Thomas Vanek, oh, Jason Pominville too, right? Now, Zach Parisi before he got hurt. And um, uh, Ryan Stewart was, was setting up tons of goals during the course of the time. So the Wild were able to work around Devin Dubnik's struggles early on. And then, of course, he got much stronger, as did Darcy Kemmer. Very cool there. But uh, when you have numbers like that and you have inconsistent scoring, just an inconsistent team in general in the Columbus Blue Jackets, to me, there's no reason why I shouldn't believe the Wild can win this game. But <laughs> when you wrap around something that I'm just staring at right now and can't believe, just can't believe it. And it's ironic, too, how... They lost to Tampa 5-2, to lost to Florida 3-2. to We'll see if lowest card against Florida. Surprise there. Uh, it's just kind of how it goes. But um, <laughs> they play the two teams the Wild are about to play uh, and lost to both of them. But um, then you have the Columbus Blue Jackets. A couple days ago on Tuesday, the 29th, beat the Dallas Stars 6-3. to I think that's what I would call an urban legend. Uh, I, I debuted that whole bit on Purple Mafia, but that's definitely an urban legend right there. I, six to three, really? You, you <laughs> I don't understand. I, I really don't. And that's why it's really hard to predict the Columbus Blue Jackets when you play against them because the success rate is different every single season. And remember, Sergei Brovrovsky, who'd been strong in the past, was very good against the Wild last New Year's Eve. If you can remember correctly, a three-to-one loss for the Wild. Uh, Sergei has had some up-and-down uh, seasons. His last two years, this last one and this one, not been good. Last year, he really struggled. But two or three years before, so strong. About 2.1 goals against average in that point of time. Just a really strong goalie. And again, was pretty deadly for the Wild at times. And the, the Columbus Blue Jackets snuck into the playoffs one of those years. He's he's had some success for them. And their backup, not good at all. 3.5 goals against average for Columbus. I'm going to pick the Wild to win 3-2 to two with the uh, scoring capabilities of Columbus. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to get two goals. They might even, uh, depending on who's in net, I suppose, but the Wild goaltending has been very strong of late other than the Dallas game when Dubnik just got shelled big time. Um, 
but it's Dallas. And there's no reason the Wild shouldn't be able to score against Columbus. I would really throw up and get sick to see the Columbus Blue Jackets get a 6-3 to type of win. That would be a really big loss. Dallas must have gotten cocky or something. I don't know what it was with that one. 6-3, to I, I can't understand it. Man, I don't believe Parisi returns from that lower body injury and Dashi Kemper returns from the upper body injury both day-to-day during the course of this week. So there you go. Let's uh, check in on the Iowa Wild, formerly known as the Houston Arrows, right? Let's check in on some of those young, up-and-coming prospects for the Wild. So I, I, again, I have the Wild going 3-1, and one, losing to Florida, beating Tampa, beating St. Louis. Though some of you may disagree with the beating St. Louis, but hey, we're going to do it, damn it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Iowa Wild... Continue to struggle a bit, but Mike Riley now is only one point off the leading, <laughs> off the lead for scoring with the <laughs> Iowa Wild. He's now got 16 points in 30 games. He has scored points in consecutive games for quite a while now, about four or five straight games for Mike Riley, scoring points, a uh, goal in, a couple, in, in one or two of them, and then assist, assist, assist in back-to-back-to-back-to-back nights. 16 points for Mike Riley, only one off of the lead, and Christoph Bersetschi, who again has been a nice... Uh, Fine for the uh, though the wild system leading the Iowa Wild in scoring. Again, nobody's really dominating down there. But when you have the defenseman that close to leading the team in scoring, and of course being an important prospect that Mike Riley is, very very encouraging for the Wild right there. And again, which could fuel the uh, a trade in the not too distant future. But as right now, it looks like Mike Riley's adjusting to the professional level quicker than Gustav Olsson with only six points down there. But Olsson, more of a stay-at-home defenseman at this stage. Other guys like Jared Knight still stuck at six points. He's, he's been there forever. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, Michael Karnan tied with Mike Riley for second in scoring down there in Houston. Overall, Tyler Gravach just getting back now, finally. Seven seven games so far, only two assists. So it's going to be a while till he's back up with the Wild again. It's too bad because he started out the season on the fourth line. He's like the perfect fourth line center. And, well, he got hurt right away. First game. Just uh, I think he's going to be down there for a while developing. And good luck to him. It's going to be between him and Eric Halla possibly going back down to Iowa. Ultimately, but right now, I guess it's good. I guess it's Grayavok. Brett Palmer still stuck at three points on the season, but of course, he's been missing time with injury. Big frustration there, ultimately, for the Wild. Jordan Schrader, a guy who's been up and down, obviously, with the Minnesota Wild and the Iowa Wild over the course of time. Quite the speedster indeed. You all know who he is, and you all know what a factor he can be, and he was a factor in the postseason last year, off and on. 13 points down there in Iowa in 19 games. Probably the most productive overall player down there. But, of course, he's the most NHL-ready player. And, and again, the, the limited games is because he's been up here in the, the National Hockey League, which is which is nice to know. Nice to know indeed. <laughs> so with that, I would like to invite you guys to join the Facebook page for Brave the Wild. Type in Brave the Wild Minnesota uh, Wild Show on Facebook. Type that in and then click the big like button. Join the page. We've had a lot of... A lot of new likes on there, and it's really cool. A lot of people joining the page really appreciate it. It's just been going up, 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 up. Not sure if all of you guys are listening to the show, but if you are, welcome aboard, and thank you very much. Yeah, this is a New Year's Eve edition of the show. I'm kind of all over the place today, and I apologize if it seems kind of crazy, kind of weird. But at the same time, I'm trying to give you, trying to give you what I can here, give you the best show that I can do at this point. With my crazy schedule, trying to get it in at a weird time again. That's that's the hardest part, trying to get the show at a weird time. I'd rather do it on the weekends. That way I can get kind of more of a momentum, a pace and such. But overall, 
it just is what it is. And it's always fun to watch how this team's <laughs> momentum swings from this line to this line to this line. But the one guy who's been constant all year has been Miko Koivu, ultimately. Uh, it, I've had a lot of fun covering this team the last almost eight years now. I, I've really enjoyed it, ultimately. So again, I want to thank you guys for joining the page. Giving you a brief little brief little hello there. I thought I might as well give you that. Uh, for Twitter, there's at Brave the Wild. Of course, all just one word. Give that a follow. Tweet me anytime during a game. It's more than welcome or after a game or whatever. You're more than like you're more than welcome to do that. I really appreciate it. I always love uh, talking hockey. I love keeping up with it as much as possible. And I love keeping you up to date with it as well. Not only with the NHL, with the Minnesota Wild, but down with the Iowa Wild. Keep you up to date with some of the prospects down there anyway. Whereas with the college season, I'll get more on that during the course of time. Because college hockey's kind of, it's kind of in that down period right now during the holiday season. It kind of stops for a while. And then you get into the conference uh, then you get into the conference games, and that's when things get better, and you can really start to gauge what's going on with the uh, the youngsters at the college level as well. Looking forward to that. So thank you again for listening very much. Do tell a friend. If you do like the show, please give me a rating on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. If you happen to be listening on Stitcher, there's a way to give me a rating on there as well. Give me a nice, positive rating. Say what you like about the show, and don't be afraid to mention what you'd like to see improved as well. But if you're going to come on there and just troll and bash, don't bother. There's, there's no point. <laughs> this is just a small show right now, even though it's been around a while. There's just no point in in trolling. I don't know. I mean, just just find something else to do. Go for a walk, uh, whatever it is. Or just listen to a new show of Brave the Wild and then maybe try to judge it a little better than maybe the first five minutes or, or some five, like two seconds of a show. That's kind of a dumb way to go, ultimately. Thank you again so much for listening. Do tell your friends. It would be greatly appreciated. And just give me again, give me a hello on Twitter, Facebook. So we'll wrap things up. We'll be back to talk about that Florida two-step and, well, a couple of very different games against Columbus and St. Louis as well.